The world doesn't need another D&D podcast, but you do. Welcome to Durgans and Dargans. I'm your dungeon master, Ben. Joining me today is Matt. Matt, please introduce yourself. Hello. That Matt is my name, um, and I'm playing a Jet, the Anome Fighter. Also joining me today is Charles. Hey, I'm Charles, uh, but you can call me Pildus, which is my last name, and I'm playing Runal Surname, PhD, the Human Wizard. And then, of course, there is Aaron. Aaron here, and I'm playing Darren Buccaneer, the uh, Minotaur Sorcerer. We are a D&D podcast for the whole family. So long as your whole family is into intense, bloody adventures. We take Dungeons and Dragons seriously, but we're not about to teach your six-year-old any unfortunate vocabulary words. Thanks for sticking with us for a whole two episodes. We hope you're having fun. Let's dive right in. Where we ended our last episode, you emerged from the dungeon, were met by a young man who asked you if you were with Henry, and you saw above you in the sky an ancient red dragon circling overhead, attacking the city. However, this young man doesn't seem to be bothered by that. He's looking right at you, standing actually rather nonchalantly by the door to the prison. It says, hello, I'm Makomis. No, that's that voice different. Hey, I'm Makomis. You need to follow me. There's not much time. And he spits. Uh, sure. Um. Is there nothing going on with that red dragon, or is that door doing? You'll see, you'll see. Uh, now, yeah, there's a, let's call it a distraction, and it won't last forever, so let's go. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not standing here to get fried to a crisp. Let's get out of here. Reasonable enough. Agreed. So Malcolm says, all right, quick, follow me, and he takes off through the city. He starts running, and you start following, and the city is in an absolute uproar. Citizens are running, screaming, guards are gathering in small groups, more for comfort than strategy, as the ancient red dragon swoops low over the city again. Fire in its nostrils and fire in its eyes. The air smells like sulfur. Some guards are shooting at it with crossbows, but the bolts just disappear into the intense flames surrounding the creature. As you run through the city following Makomis, he's darting in and out of the crowd with a practiced ease. This is not the first time he's gone running through a, a panicky mob. But as it's going, you guys need to be wake, making your way through the crowd. How are you doing that? Describe it to me and then we'll roll. Um, <clears throat> being the enormous minotaur that I am, I'm going to be pulling a, uh, oh, was it Fezzik? No. The giant. I can't remember the names. The giant. The name of the giant. Fezzik, yeah. I know I'm about to tell you right now, if you start shouting at people, they're not going to pay attention. The dragon is going to be louder than Fair enough. I'm going to then just kind of forcefully but politely push and nudge people out of my way because that's the only way I'm getting through. There's no way I'm ducking through a crowd. Uh, So I'm going to just be kind of like kind of trying to like push away through the crowd. But without intentionally trying to throw everyone to the ground. Okay, I like that. Uh, you're going to be making a strength track. A strength track? Well, you know, you will be making a strength track. It's <laughs> yes, a track, and you need uh-huh. strength for it. There we go. Oh, I said that on purpose. Uh, would this be a saving throw or just uh, uh, a normal check? That's going to be just a straight up and down strength roll. Ooh. Uh, Jet, how are you getting through the crowd? So Jet, as a gnome, is 
exceptionally small. He's barely two feet tall, so he is going to um, dart around under people's legs, like dart, go, going around people. Most people aren't going to notice him, so he's going to take that to his advantage. To scoot out of the out of the the chaos of the crowd and kind of sneak, not sneak, but at least get away through unnoticed through the the chaos. Okay. Jet, you are going to be making an acrobatics check. Alright. Yeah, an acrobatics check. And that's going to be what we roll in a minute. Runel, what are you doing right now to get through this crowd? Well, I hope I don't break this mechanic, but my plan was to just stay as closely behind Darren as possible, (laughs) since I'm assuming that as he pushes his way through the crowd, there's going to be a, a little bit of empty space right behind him so I'm, I'm gonna let him kind of break through and I, I wanted to kind of coast behind him you're going to literally ride my coattails exactly mm, okay I'm going to have you make a it's funny back in 4e there's a streetwise <laughs> uh, there's a streetwise stat and that would have been a win good for this um I'm gonna have you make a dexterity roll with advantage because you're you're playing off of Darren's strength. So let me get those rolls. Uh, Darren, do me a favor. Roll athletics, actually. Athletics. Uh, Jet, roll dexterity, okay. and Runel, roll dexterity twice. Dexterity or acrobatics? Good question. Acrobatics. Oh well, it doesn't make doesn't make a difference because I'm not proficient in it anyway. But uh, an 18 is not bad on acrobatics. No, it's not. That's a 14 on my end. Okay. And Runel got a 3 and an 8. So an 8. So, Darren, you are slowly but steadily surging your way through the crowd. You are not quick, but you're not losing sight of Macomas. Jet, you are right on Macomas's heels. Runel... You're starting to fall behind. You got you ran into someone who was panicking. There was a a screaming shopkeeper who just like grabbed you and started shaking you like, what is going on? And uh you are trying to free yourself from him. Uh what's everyone's passive perception? I also think Runo was probably slightly distracted because he's definitely studied dragons quite a bit, but obviously has never seen one. Mm. So I imagine as he's going, like trying to keep up with Darren, there's definitely an element of like just wanting to just glimpse more of this dragon, uh, despite the danger. I I love it. True to the academics all the way through. That is that's awesome. So at this point, uh, Jet, you are right up close to Macomas, so you're not noticing this. Darren, you notice that Runel is starting to fall behind. What are you going to do about that? Let's see. My strength is 15, and I'm how tall again? I'm about 6'9". How tall are you again, Runel? 5'7". I'm going to pick up Runel. And like fireman's care, like throw him over my shoulder and fireman's carry with Runel, with using my other arm to try and push push everyone else aside. So I'm assuming that would be like a strength check with disadvantage to keep going. Uh, we're gonna make we're gonna make it a. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna make a strength check against. I'm I'm saying you can lift. Okay. Runel. 
but you are going to make a strength contest against the shopkeeper who is panically holding on okay. to Runel. Uh, so you're going to be struggling over and Runel's this is, body. This is a strength, not athletics? This is strength. What kind of shop does this guy run? It's not like... <laughs> is he a butcher is, or is, is he like, like a... Yeah. Uh, or is he, he, or is he like a, a silk trader? Does he run a CrossFit gym or a <laughs> vegan smoothie bar? Uh, he runs a shop where he sells bespoke knickknacks for coffee tables. Okay. Um, so he it's like it's like woodworking and pottery. So he kind of works with his hands. He's not the weakest guy in the world, but, but he's also not like hauling coal. He, he's either. no woodcutter or butcher. Yeah, so this isn't going to be the easiest thing in the world for you to do, but you are a massive minotaur. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes. Ooh. 22. Well, that definitely beats a 16. With a plus 2 to, sh- to my strength. So that's... It was technically a nut. That was a 24. No, it was a nut 20. Plus 2. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. You... So here's, here's the thing. The... <laughs> The shopkeeper, you actually lift up the shopkeeper too for a minute. He's got a really good grasp on Runel, and you lift them both up for a minute. But Runel, you're you you start kicking because this is a strange experience for you <laughs> getting hoisted around like this, and you're just kind of flailing around a little bit, and uh, the shopkeeper just ends up falling to the ground, and you guys keep pressing on, and you are able to follow Macomus through the edge of the town square. You're in a large town square right now. Like, off to the left, you can see something that might look like City Hall. Uh, There's large houses and estates around you. You kind of, if you had time to stop and think, you would guess that this was, like, the area where all the rich people live in town. And as you guys have now succeeded at these challenges, you have been able to make it out of the square Almost. Because once you get to the edge of the square, Macomus darts down an alley, but before you guys can get into that same alley, a group of four guards approaches you, and you recognize them as not being part of the Praetors. The Praetors are the spell sword division of the Hardalay family guard that captured you guys. So these are just your average city guard. Uh, they are the... Uh, you know, like the average cops of the city sort of situation. And they're like, you guys, uh, 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 you guys look pretty dangerous. Uh, can you give us a hand here? We got to do something about this thing. Come on, fight back, fight back. How do you respond? I look, I take a look, one look at him and say like, and I say, whoa, 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 we got, we got a guy who's like, who's, who's suffering that and from terrible shock. You, you see that, that guy that's hanging off the, my, the big minotaur? Oh, he's a bit in such a terrible time. We gotta get him medical attention now before he get, gets freaked out. I'm in terrible shock. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jeff, <sighs> please roll performance with a plus two for Runel's excellent acting. Okay, okay. I didn't even have a chance to speak. Um. <laughs> <sighs> oh, this is not my day. Um, that's total of six. Mm. I love, oh my gosh. Oh God, what a garbage roll. <laughs> okay. What happens now is they say, well, 
you know, the big one seems to be having him. Why don't you help us? Yeah, I mean, you seem pretty tough with your forks and forks. Runo, Runo shouts, no, he's in shock too. <laughs> I would, and I, I just start, <laughs> just start just like lying on the ground, uh, getting down to his knees like, oh no, I'm such a little guy. I can't, can't take it. Okay. Um, um, can I roll a a um an insight check? Because uh, I'm just gonna have Darren just like not really understand exactly why his friends are doing this. You can just say you're confused. You don't have to roll an insight check and deliberately fail it. You can just be like, I uh, I wish I could help, but my friends are clearly in distress, and I must um uh, assist them in their shock. So they're not they're not buying it. Uh Well, so at at this point though, you guys are clearly like not great. So do me a favor, Darren, roll persuasion with advantage. Because because these guys are, you know. Oh wait, I put a plus 3, these guys three are, to persuasion because I I forgot. I have got charisma. Cuz it's charisma. Yeah. yeah. That is a Wait, with advantage? Uh, yeah, with advantage. And remember, you have a hat on that if you can work it in with the RP, right. you can, I, it can give you bonuses. I, with one hand, uh, you know, kind of sway my hat, like pull the hat off and like kind of give a kind of almost bow with it while still holding on to what's, uh, holding on to Runel and like kind of give a bow with like the hat in hand. I'm sorry, but I must uh, assist my friends in their distress. Uh, yeah, add one to whatever you just uh, So that would be a dirty 20. Okay, yes. So they are like, oh, yeah, you guys seem like you're not. You know, I we might be better off. I, I, keep firing, keep firing. And they turn back to fighting the dragon. And they keep sending crossbow bolts up into the air. And you guys start charging down the alley. Uh behind Malcolm. They notice us charging down the alley or do we like kind of like slowly approach it and then bolt down it? You make your way down the alley. So you make your way down the alley where Malcolmus went down and you see him ahead like waiting for you leaning against uh, an old overturned barrel. And he says, come on, come on. Uh, onward, I guess. Um, uh, are you two, uh, are you two actually in shock or, um, can I put... I would very much like to be put down, if you don't mind. Are you still holding the... I was assuming I was still holding him after not putting him down after the interaction with the guards. Wait, what about the shopkeeper yeah, you... that you were holding? No, the, the shopkeeper fell off pretty quickly. Um, so I was just holding... Rin- oh yeah, he got kicked off a while back. So I was just holding Runo <laughs> like a child. <laughs> Sorry. I love it. All right, you guys, once you're out of sight of the guards, you start racing ahead behind Macklemus. He's making his way down. You guys are about to emerge from this long alley onto another busy street with more screaming people when all of a sudden, a horse cart goes charging right up and slams its way directly into the alley. The horse starts charging towards you guys. It is about to like run you guys down while the cart is crashed in front of the alley. What do you do? 
I push Runel out of the way. I have the perfect spell for this. I have at least, I think I have two spell slots left. Um, I use Earth Tremor. Hold on, I'm gonna just read the description one more time just to make sense, just to make sure. That affects the um, the ground, right? It affects right? the ground, yes, and it makes five feet of the ground. Um, um, yeah, a tremor cool. in the ground within range. Each creature other than you in that area must make a dexterity saving throw on a failed uh, saving throw. A creature takes 1d6 uh, bludgeoning damage and is knocked prone. Uh, if the ground in that area is loose, earth, or stone, it becomes difficult terrain until cleared with a five-foot diameter uh, uh, portion requiring at least one minute to clear by hand. This is the part where I pretend that I know what the dexterity stat of a horse is, and in reality, I'm pulling it out of thin yes. air. Um, so he's making I'm a pretty, I'm pretty sure it's a one, <laughs> if, I, if I recall. But yeah, no, I just, I, I, I seen what's going on, and seeing Chet push away Rune out, I just stomp on the ground right in front of me while casting Earth Tremor to just take that five-foot area, kind of the whole, and... I don't want to call him Matt, but the 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 the, the what's the the child the child's name? Macklemas. Uh, if he's still in front of me, I'm going to pick up Macklemas and just stomp on the ground and cast Earth Tremor, so that five feet around me, uh, in front of me and such, um, just turns into this awful Earth right in front of us. Excellent. He rolled a five. I'm assuming that doesn't oh, meet your spell right, casting. My spell casting requirement. Um, spell save DC is thirteen. Okay, yeah, that's that's more than five. Yes, yes it is. Uh, so the, the horse goes down. This poor creature was panicked. It was charging for you guys. You didn't have a choice. But you didn't you didn't break its legs. You didn't kill it. It just goes down, skids to a halt in front of you, has a bit of skin knees, but it doesn't run you down. You guys are able to... It, it is in shock, though. You guys are able to work your way around it. In front of you, there is a crashed cart. The cart driver doesn't seem to be anywhere. Uh, there's a big, there's a whole bunch of apples and cabbages and other fruit and produce lying around everywhere. But you guys are able to climb your way over the cart and make it into the next street. I grab an apple on our way over. Like while we're going through the cart, I just, I, I, I snatch an apple. You come back to full health. No, <laughs> not really, that's a video. No, I just, I just grab an apple on our Oh, def Jet would definitely do that as well. Scrounger. Runel, do you also purloin an apple? Um, no, I don't. But I would like to take the moment to cast Mage Armor on myself. I like that. You cast Mage Armor on yourself. No rolls required. Nope, nope. So I will say, I, I've been doing... Uh, Charles has been doing research uh, in in the vein of Runel, um, and hopefully we'll be playing a little better this this episode. Um, yeah, so so yeah, I cast Mage Armor on myself. Excellent. As you guys climb your way over that cart, you tumble your way with relative dexterity into the next street and Macklemus takes off. He takes a left and he starts working his way through. The crowds are not as thick here. You don't have to make any rolls to get through them. But because the crowds are less thick, as you get to the end of this street and are about to make a right on the other, 
you hear a cry behind you, Oi! Prisoner! Stop! And you turn around, and there is one of the Praetors. And he's wearing his green and gold cloak in the colors of the Hautele family guard. And he seems to recognize... You guys are recognizable. The Minotaur in particular. Darren, he recognizes you. But I have a new hat and everything. And he is about to start chasing you down. These guys were pretty powerful. It, it, it took six of them to subdue you the, uh, the last time you guys encountered them. You're not quite sure how many of them there are, but they were the ones that subdued you and put you into prison. There's one of them right now who's about to start coming after you, but he's a good, I want to say 400 feet away, but he sees Darren from a distance and he's trying to call out to the crowd to get them to stop. You're like, oi, stop them. They're wanted by the Hotelay family. Fool, the Hotelay family means nothing at this rate if your city burns. What do you want? To have your whole territory burned down by this terrible beast or watch some prisoners go free? I'm going to be honest, I hadn't thought about you actually trying to reason with him. Um, yeah, so he's going to make a... Long distance conversation. Huh. He's going to make a... Do me a favor, roll, roll persuasion and he's going to make a common sense roll. Oh, God. What did you roll? I rolled a five. <laughs> so, this is where the dice gods have been kind because the sta- his common sense roll needed to be higher than your persuasion. Mm. He's rolling for common sense because you made a very good point. Mm. I would like to say that common sense is probably not going to be a stat, but I may have just invented a homebrew Dungeons & Dragons <laughs> stat. We'll talk about that cool. later. Common sense might be a thing. We'll cool. find out. He did roll a six. <laughs> so we're going to say he shoots you a dirty look from down the road and says, fine, but I'd better not see you again. If you do, you'll have every right to catch us. And then he starts slinging spells at the dragon in the sky. Okay, let's move. Go, go, go. Do not stay here. We are. Do, people don't like us. Keep moving. Well aware. Okay. You guys start making your way through the city following Macklemus again. He's moving a little slower this time. Uh, you guys don't have trouble following him. And you start getting to the edge of the city. And you reach a long, long row of outhouses. This is... What a delightful smell we've stumbled across. What is unofficially known as the poop district. You reach the outhouses and Macklemas goes down to the third outhouse from the end and he flings the door open and there is an awful stench. I am going to need everyone to make a constitution saving Uh, throw. Should I do it with disadvantage since I probably have a little bit more keen senses? No, just everyone make an up and roll. Wait. Straight constitution. Constitution saving. Oh, even better. Go ahead. That's a dirty 20. Also a dirty 20. Wow. I rolled an 18 and I still got the lowest. (laughs) So you guys all manage to not vomit when he flings his door open. But he walks into that outhouse and he 
kind of swings the he kind of swings the toilet inside there's like a, a piece of wood with a hole cut in it he swings that to the side and he uh he starts climbing down a steep embankment below it that has like a bit of river water running down it and he just starts going down uh, I'm almost starting to question our guides common sense Look, I just came through a dungeon where, where I almost got chop, got my head chopped off and got covered in blood. I don't really... I, I usually probably don't like going in stuff, but this time, at this point, I don't really care. If, it, if a fire can be a fake, then sure, the, the pooper will be our way out. I'm going. Yeah, something that I've always said and... Um, you know, the, the other people at the university can attest to this. This is sort of one of my catchphrases. Um, you know, if, if it's between the belly of a dragon and the bottom of a toilet, I'm going toilet every time. Sure. That, w- that was your yearbook quote. Post <laughs> <laughs> that on my wall. <laughs> yeah, I think once we get, you know fan art and t-shirts and all that that's what's for famous stuff i can see that printed on a tote bag not gonna lie <laughs> on a tote bag it's a little long for a coffee mug so is this can can darren even fit in this in this thing uh once the once the toilet has been swung to the side there's there's a fairly wide gap like three foot by three foot. Yeah, like the, the, the toilet is kind of like hanging over a wide hole in the ground that kind of goes off at an angle with a little trickle of water running down it. It's designed for big poops. Uh, yeah, for, for sure. Uh, it's really more like a cost saver uh, where you don't want to have to create this whole toilet structure. If you fall down the embankment, that's on you. You know, this is like, this is not modern era ceramic on tile situation. This is like a, there is a plank with a hole cut in it above a small embankment. And that's what you got to do. Wait, wait, so all of them are like this? This is just what the toilets are like? As far as you know, you didn't look into any of the other ones. I'd imagine that would make sense for for ancient plumbing. Before before we go, I, I I look in one real quick. Is it exactly the same? Yeah, it's just like, it's just like that. Except you notice that in this one there are definitely remnants of someone having used it and it but it doesn't smell as bad. In the other one, there was no sign of anyone having used it, but it smells way worse. I thought we were going to have a Jurassic Park moment for a second. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> but no. Okay, well uh, that tells me all I need to do need to know and Jet just jumps in. Okay, you, uh, you go sliding down the water, which, as you go down, you notice that after you pass a certain point, um, you notice a little amulet being kind of secured to the rock, and after you pass that, the smell vanishes entirely, and it smells okay. I follow, uh, I follow him. Okay. Bad jewelry down here. <laughs> I guess there's no point in waiting for the belly of the dragon. Let's go. I'm assuming you guys are climbing it. Jet, you jumped down. Oh, yeah. The others are like, you can kind of climb your way down. That's what Mac almost Yeah, I'm taking this slip. Yeah. Now, as you reach the bottom of the ramp, you pass over a small stream, 
and into a tunnel lit only by what little sunlight trickles down from the outhouse above. Macklemas suddenly stops and turns right into the rock wall in the side of this stream, and you see him turn a hidden handle. The rock wall swings open, and the hallway is suddenly flooded with bright firelight, and your ears fill with the echoes of ringing steel. You step through the door and emerge at the top of a long stone staircase, leading down into a massive room lit with torches and a large fire. Racks of weapons line the walls. Warriors of any race you can imagine are training in a sandy pit in one corner. And in another corner, you can actually make out Henry and Katrine, who you recognize from the prison, standing with others around a large table with a map spread out on it. You guys uh, treat your secrecy rather carefully, I guess. They're just not close enough to hear you. No, I'm talking to Mac, Mac, or is he darted off as well? Oh, no. Malcolmus says, Oh, yeah. We, uh, oh, we keep very, very secret. It's really cool. Really. I love it. It's, it's nice to have a secret. As he spots you from across the room, Henry calls out to you. Hello, my new friends. I'm glad you've made it. Come on over here. I'm assuming you go over to the... Quite a journey you put us through. Oh, I am... I am terribly sorry that we didn't have enough scrolls to get you to escape. The plan of having the dragon illusion and having someone come rescue me with the scrolls was like a, a fail-safe plan in case one of us was was caught and put into the deep hole in the Hotelay family prison. I didn't realize there would be other people with me who might actually be allies. Uh, at least... You know, you got out, we did let you go, and boy am I glad to see you. Ah, that's all, all good, I've been through, been through worse than that. But you, you, somebody, illusion, you seen somebody magic that whole thing? That wasn't, that wasn't real? We have a couple wizards uh, left over from the wizard divisions of the other royal families who uh, have joined the resistance uh, in order to oust the Hotelace. So... Yeah, we have a, a few wizards, some of them rather potent too. Uh, and one of them specialized very much in illusions. So this was just the break we needed. Uh, but here, quick, while you're here, as I mentioned, I am the second in command of the Freedom Brigade. The Freedom Brigade, as we call ourselves. And I would like to introduce you to our leader. Uh, this right here is Malgamir. And he gestures to an aged... Uh, well, he gestures to a very old-looking halfling with white hair and countless wrinkles, but who has a wide smile and very cheery eyes. He was one of the leaders of the Stepton royal family, uh, but they were driven away by the Hortelais years ago. He stayed to lead our resistance, and, well, because he's dying. One of the wizards from the Hortelais family cursed him with a death word. And it didn't go off quite right, but he only had, I want to say, a year and a half to live. And the time is running out. So he stayed that thinking if he was going to die, he would die at trying to undo the Hotelet family. Now, I've been talking with Malgamir for a bit now, and I suspect that you, now especially that you've proved yourselves by escaping from that absolutely horrendous prison, that we might be able to pay you 
to do some very specific jobs to help us put our plans for freedom into action. We have a multi-stage plan that I will explain in a minute, but I think you guys have earned the right to some answers. So if you have any questions for me, uh, let me know. I will let you know. And if we've convinced you that maybe there's something to our cause and you like a little bit of money, we'll talk about that plan. So, questions? What is this deep-seated hatred that you all seem to have for the Hotelay family? Well, they killed my brother. They killed or drove off all of Malgamir's family. Uh, they completely slaughtered the Stoldfast family. And they've... I mean, the body count is pretty impressive here. They're just very, very keen on securing their power and removing anyone who might threaten it. Uh, where does their... Uh, where does their power stem from? Like, what, what, what... What is their source of their power? Is it just wealth and family, or do they have... darker connections? It started out as wealth, but then they started, like, a bit of a magical training facility? And in that training facility, they took young magical hopefuls and kind of brainwashed them into being what are now the Praetors. So a, a powerful magical military force that they used to violently defeat the other families and drive them away. Sounds an awful lot like a cult. Oh, yeah. Very much like a cult. That's actually quite... I mean, they don't wear, like, robes. And the daggers they use aren't, like, weirdly curved. But they've got a creed and a uniform and a goal. And they're clearly malevolent, so I think that... I think that works as a cult. Yes, yes. And as far as we know, there is only the possibility that they wear bathrobes with the Hotelay family crest on it when they're not in uniform. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Very necessary. There's speculation, though. Uh, uh, I would just like to say, um, I think you've convinced me. Uh, my, my only question is, how much money are you talking about here? <laughs> uh, oh, so given that we, ha we actually have quite a bit of that, so I was thinking 400 gold a piece if we're able to drive the Hotelay family out, and a hundred gold apiece for each uh, task that you complete for us. That's some funds. Oh yeah, we're actually not hurting for a war chest right now. So DM. Yeah, what's up? Would Jet has been in kind of these circles before. He's kind of been a rabble rouser. Would he recognize the, um, the freedom fighters like this group and anybody's in it um you guys have not been you guys have not been to this city before jet you don't recognize anyone in particular no scratch that jet you recognize someone over in one of the corners there is chuck you recognize chuck you and chuck have one of the same tattoos because you got them together He's kind of a mercenary sort who you recognize from back in your 
back in your days when you were maybe a little bit of a thug for hire for a little while, and you guys worked a job together. Uh, he seemed to be the sort of person who was like a little too following the rulesy. Like he wasn't quite as scummy as some of the other hired goons that you've worked with over the back years. Up. Could you repeat that? Could you repeat that adjective for me? That was following the rulesy. Just want, just want to make sure I heard the the English major correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go ahead, throw that terrible decision in my face. Uh, yeah, that was the adjective I used, and I'm sticking to it. English is a flexible language, unfortunately, but also fortunately. Yay! <laughs> so that's what you see, Jet. Okay. Okay. Oh, and we're talking with him, so I'll probably talk to him later. Well, I don't know about the two of you, but but th- th- this is my this is my ball game. I'm I'm total I'm totally in on this. So we agreed. We doing this. I'd like to see this Hotelay family burn as much as probably half the people here, and I wouldn't mind getting paid for it. And uh, I would like to get paid. All right, that settles it. It sounds like we're all in agreement. Then I love it. So uh, welcome aboard. And let's talk about the plan a little bit. Uh, actually, Malgamir, would you like to fill them in on this? So, all right, I, I like that. So guys, uh, here's the plan. We have a, well, four-step plan. So the first one is already underway, and it is that we are going to leak to the Hotelet family spies that I am the leader of the resistance. And that happens to be true, uh, but we are going to let them know, and we've already started dropping hints here and there, but there's a way that you guys as outsiders to the city can really help with that. The second step is we're gonna cause some disturbances, do a little damage, but we are going to use the war cry for Malgamir. And that's not just so that my name can get out there, for my glory's sake, I'm dying, what do I care for glory? But it is going to make me appear to be the heart and soul of this rebellion. The third step is that we are going to lose a battle in which I am fighting and I'm gonna get captured. Now remember, I'm dying, it's, it's, this is okay. The fourth step, now if I know the Hotelet family right, they're going to execute me in a big public spectacle and they're gonna watch. This will draw them out of their castle. They will come to watch my execution and then that's when the Freedom Brigade will strike and hopefully wipe out the Hotelet family in one fell swoop. So that's the general plan. The first thing that I think you guys could help with here is I think you could go to a tavern in town and in that tavern you will, as outsiders, start asking questions about Malgamir, the leader of the rebellion, saying you heard good things about Malgamir, you'd like to join up with the Malgamir rebellion against the Hotelet family. And you're going to say this in a tavern that we've recently leaked to the Hoteles is rebellion friendly, so they should have spies there. Your plan for the next evening is to go to the Trusty Bootlace Tavern. 
leak that and then cause some kind of disturbance so that you can get out and then come back to the hideaway. How does that sound? Uh, would these spies happen to contain any of their mage cult? No, 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 that's a good question though. So, they only have a total of 12 spell swords. Uh, there was only so many people they could indoctrinate into their little cult, as you called it, which I think I think that's what it is too. There was only so many people with magical talent they could indoctrinate in the whole city. There's only 12 of them total. You've met, I think, half of them at this point. I have a, I have a concern. When we first got here, we were thrown into prison because they thought we were part of a rebellion, and we weren't. Now you want us to go out in public and just state in front of known spies that we are now, in fact, part of the rebellion. What's to stop them from just throwing us back in the prison where you found us? That's fair. This dovetails with your friend's question very well in that the spies are not the spell swords. You ran afoul of six spell swords, and from what I hear in the rumor mill, you gave them a bit of a run for their money. They are seldom all six and all, all twelve in one place at once. Even six at a time is very, very rare. You guys had just bad luck in terms of that. So the odds of you running into another six spell swords that are not with these spies, those spies would have to go back and report to the Hotelays, and then they'd have to send out the spell swords, and then it's not going to all happen in one evening. I'm just saying, I really don't want to go back to to the dungeon. I, I had to punch somebody, and that wasn't fun. And also we saw, like, dead kids, and it, it just was a bloody mess, and I, I just... I don't want to go back there. At the description, uh, at Runel's description of uh, some of the things we've witnessed, uh, my ears noticeably twitch. Okay. Uh, Malgamir very astutely notices all of this. He says, Look, my friend, if, if you get sent back into that prison, we will get you out, but I really don't think it's going to happen on this mission. I won't deny that there's risks, but we are also paying you very well if you take these risks but we'll we'll try to get you back out i mean we have we have a few more scrolls of housefly and we could use it to get one or two maybe may, i think we have a four left so we could probably get you all out if you got back in prison sounds reasonable i'm gonna say this is a pretty low risk mission to start out would you double the pay if we ended up there again i feel like if you do the job right you'll be all right I don't know that I could double it. That, that might be a ha hazardous duty bonus if you end up back in the prison. Let's not push our luck. Let's just make sure the job's done, you know what I mean? Fair enough. Uh, how's about this? How's about this? Runel, uh, Henry told me about you. I will tell you right now, if you succeed in this quest, I will give you access to the magical tomes I was able to save from my family house and I will help you further your studies with rare magical tomes. Deal. Deal. Done. There we go. I love to hear that. Uh, so at this point, uh, Henry introduces you to a few more people whose names you promptly forget because they don't particularly matter. <laughs> and he leads you over to 
a another corner of this large hall where there are tables with large pots of steaming food on them and he helps you find the bowls and you guys you guys tuck into the first hot meal you've had in a while and it's not the best meal you've ever had but it's good hearty stew with real beef and it's just delicious after that well actually uh, while we're while we're eating um I I want to ask Henry I would like to know about this illusory magic that that your people seem to know pretty well because that that was a really powerful illusion that we just experienced yeah Henry looks over at you guys uh, and around a mouthful of soup or stew says oh yeah that was um that was Marty uh, Martin uh Martin say Scorzy. Can I can I make an eyebrow check? <laughs> uh, he's up heading in the city right now. He uh he's gotta cast the illusion from a place where he can see. He's got the rest of our mages with him, and he is uh they are they are lending him power. Uh, because he has access to two very unique spells. One allows him to draw upon the power of other mages, and the other allows him to cast Grand Illusion, which is an incredibly, incredibly potent smell with sights, sounds, smells, all of it. Definitely a very po- incredibly potent smell. Right. I, I, just, I just want to be perfectly clear. I'm not talking about the dragon. I don't care about the dragon. It's that that stink stone. <laughs> oh. Ah, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty good. That was basically him uh enchanting the stone with a he, that was that was pretty impressive. He did draw upon the powers of the other mages to basically cast a permanent prestidigitation of the absolute worst smell that he could think of, which, look, it's an unpleasant story about how we created the smell in the first place that he then put, kind of emulated in the amulet, amulated, if it were. Was it you or Harry? Let's say it was a group effort. Listen, there's no need to be ashamed. I live with undergrads. I, I'm used to the smells. I I just can't believe that you you got it spot on. <laughs> yeah, no, let me tell you. We've had a lot of folks down here eating a, a high protein yet also high fiber diet. It wasn't that hard. Yeah, I'm 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 aware of the Chalupa Supreme. <laughs> you see a perfect replication of a legendary red dragon. And you care about the poop stone more. You are an interesting fellow. Ask not for whom the Baha blasts, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. When a smell evokes that many strong memories of my youth, Uh, like I said, I I lived in an undergrad dorm, I I have to know who came up with that. That's just utterly brilliant. Alright, this is going to be a little bit of railroading here, but I'm going to pinch off this conversation because... um, (laughs) 
was good. Oh man, I was hoping I'd get away with that one. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna flush this one away, and we <laughs> <laughs> just wiping to a new scene. <laughs> uh, anyway, Chet walks over because he recognizes you, Jet. Chet and Jet. It was a pretty funny joke uh, when you guys were on your last job together. Chet walks over and goes, "Oi." Jet, ah, you remember me? We got that tattoo of the uh, the throwing star together, you know? Yeah, look at that one. You remember that? Hey, Chet, hey, how you doing, man? Can I give him like a our secret handshake? Do me a favor, roll um, sleight of hand. All right, fourteen. Ah, he rolled a thirteen. You guys do it almost perfectly. Like you almost fumble once, but you fumble at the same time, then you recover and you finish it out, and it's awesome. And he's like, oh yeah, man, it's good It's good to see you again. Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't think I would after that job in, uh, in Hearthorn City, but hey, you're here now. Are, are you ready to, to fight for a good cause for once? Yeah. Yeah, I might say I'm turning around. What does he mean for once? I mean, well, you know, you get sometimes when you do a job, you you get around, and you just gotta be professional about it. But and you just kind of do things, and you don't ask questions. That's how you kind of make it in this business. It's kind of how things go. All right. From what I've been hearing, we got this, this, these folks here about. Are trying to take down this uh, ter- these Hotelite people. I, I can't wait to see that whatever stuff the high horse and they're on and knock them off. How eloquent! So, uh, at this point, you guys have finished your meal, and you are shown to the corner, uh, you know, a small room, the only room that seems to be away from this whole huge room that is this secret hideout, and it's got beds and bunks, and they put you up for the night. And you sleep like babies, because it's been a long few days. You didn't sleep great in the prison. Last time you slept, you were knocked unconscious. So, you wake up in the morning, and there is the smell of cooking bacon. And you emerge from the room, and there's Katrine, uh, still dressed in her sturdy traveling clothes. She smiles and waves you over and says, Oh, hello, good morning. Uh, It's breakfast time. Do you like eggs and bacon? I just realized she just, she sounds like a higher-pitched Henry. That's why they're in love. <laughs> <laughs> Not while I'm drinking. Uh. <laughs> um, so she serves you guys up a delicious breakfast, and you chit-chat for a bit. And then uh, Henry makes his way over and says, All right, so here's the plan for the evening. We are going to give you some scrolls of disguise. So you are going to make your way through the city. It, it's, it's a very light scroll of disguise. You're just going to look like general nondescript people. And But when you get to the tavern, you're going to take the disguises off because we want the spies to see you three. You three were arrested by the spell swords and they'll recognize the description. And so they will know, since they already think you're in league with us, they are going to report back to the Hotelays that you three were looking for Malgamir. So you are going to ask none too subtly 
around that tavern for Malgamir. And then, once you've asked a few people around, you have to cause a scene, pop back out in the street, read your second scroll of Disguise Self, meet up with Macklemus, and he'll take you back here. I don't think it'll be that terrible for <clears throat> someone of my size to uh, make a distraction. I leave that up to your creativity. The three of you look like either on purpose or by accident. You could cause a pretty solid scene, and I mean that as the best of compliments. Just to confirm, Ben, that was a, that was a long rest, correct? That was a long rest. You guys are all back up to full health, spell slots restored. Sweet. Yes. I'm back at 16. As a wizard, I can change my prepared spells, correct? Based on what? Yes, if you'd like to. I would. <laughs> you can absolutely change those spells. You, and you can do that real quick, but we are going to time skip forward. It is evening now. You are now stepping out of the secret outhouse with Macomus ahead of you into the early hours of the evening. The sun is just starting to decorate the sky in lovely shades of red and orange and lavender. And you are headed towards the north quadrant of the city. You make your way, looking fairly innocuously, into a tavern with a sign out of front that has a pair of boots on it. Are we already in disguise? You are already in disguise, but though you're about to like kind of drop the disguise. Uh, Charles, do you need a minute to prepare those spells? Or? Nope. I, I am good to go repaired. I do want to say that Runel has a passive insight of 14. Uh, so I'm, I, I think he knows that this sign with boots means it's the Bootlace Tavern. You can correct me if I'm, I'm not going to even make you roll for that. He is absolutely yes. correct. Got it. Guys, I solved his sign puzzle. <laughs> Wait, what was it? <laughs> we were supposed to go to the Bootlace Tavern, uh-huh. and this sign outside this tavern has boots on it. Very perceptive. <laughs> Sorry. I love it. As you walk through the heavy oaken door, Right after dropping the spell of disguise self, you are once again looking as yourselves. You are greeted by the cheerful sounds of nightly revelry and camaraderie shared by the working men and women of the city. At every table, hearty food is being wolfed down and drinks flow freely. Stories of the day are shared and reshared. Jokes are cracked and laughs are laughed from bellies. As you enter, the half-orc tavern keeper calls out to you, Welcome, welcome. Find yourselves a seat if you can. Someone will be around. As you enter, you see that there is a long bar against the wall opposite you, directly opposite the door. Over in the corner to your left, you're seeing uh, a small dancing floor with a few folks dancing and someone playing the flute next to it. And in the opposite corner, you see a table where cards are being played with intensity. Um, I'm thinking it's been a while since I've been in an establishment such as this, but um, I may still have an idea of how to gain some attention. Well, hold on, we don't need our scene just yet. Well, to make sure that everyone knows um, that uh, we're looking for this... Uh, oh, I've already forgotten his name. Malgamir. Uh, that we're looking for this Malgamir character. What do you think? <laughs> I'm thinking I'm just going to stand up and say, free drink for anyone who can tell me anything about Malgamir. Go for it. <laughs> Again, I just walk up kind of from the bar... And just kind of... Well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
it's not exactly a free drink you're giving out, right? You're, you're presumably paying for the drink. I'll, uh, one drink on me if anyone can tell me about the man. How's that? I mean, it's up there. It's your prerogative. If you want to <laughs> give out free drinks to anyone who can tell you about somebody we've already met, I don't know if it's necessarily the best way to convince people, but if, hey, if you want to spend your money that way, by all means. The goal was to look like we were a distraction. Hey, hey, like I said, you do you, my friend. So I'm assuming you guys part ways. So let's say that, Darren, you're going to head over to the bar, and you're going to say, maybe not loudly enough that you silence the whole tavern, but you're going to... Uh, yeah, I'll buy a drink for someone who can tell me of the man, uh, Malcolm. So are you going to say this to, like, the yeah, bartender? Yeah, I'll say, I'll say like, this to the bartender and, like, kind of loud enough so the whole bar in front of me can hear. You, your segment of the bar. The bar extends across the whole back of the bar. And yeah, we'll say. So, yeah, okay, all right. We'll say that that's your plan. Jet, what are you doing? I'm just pretty good at cards. It is had some experience in cards, so he'll, um, he's going to go over to see if he can uh, get put into the, the deck game and start uh, spreading some things about, about Malcolm here and chat, like Chazzy Chats. Okay. And Runel, what are we doing? Yeah, that's perfect, because Runel wanted to go over to the flute player uh, and has a plan to, as the, the flute player is playing, uh, he's going to make up words to a song about Malgamir the Great. <laughs> and sort of like karaoke style, spread, <laughs> spread the word about Malgamir to a song he makes up on the spot. <laughs> Please do remember that the songs they used in Skyrim are trademarked, so use a different melody when you start. Singing. Oh, we went over we went over that we went over that last time. I yeah, please don't. Yeah, we we made the same joke about the Thirty Rock episode, which I actually just watched. By the so way, so good. Uh, yeah, let's. I, I will say I will say I Runel's character is only coming up with the lyrics. Uh, the the That's flautist. Right played by Ben will be coming up with the <laughs> tune. So that's on you, my that's on you, my friend. Like you said, we'll burn that bridge when we come to it. So we're gonna play these out in brief little scenes here. So Darren, you walk up to the bar, you make your statement. Go ahead. Uh, one drink. Uh, one one drink on me for anyone who can tell me about uh, Malcolm here. The innkeeper doesn't flinch. He's just kind of polishing a bottle and pouring pouring something for someone at the bar. Uh, three people at the bar kind of twitch a little bit. Um, one guy's eyes narrow a little bit, and he looks at you. They all look like just kind of hardy, sturdy, working people. And there's a guy like way down kind of towards the end of the bar, towards the side that you're on, who looks... Uh, roll perception for me. No, what's your passive perception? My passive perception. Oh, I forgot to write it down. It's my... Uh, oh, nine. Okay. Because I have a negative one to perception. Thanks. <laughs> he, his, his eyes squint a little bit more than everybody else's. He looks very nondescript. He looks a little cleaner than a lot of the people in this tavern are. You don't intrinsically distrust him, but you do notice that people start kind of giving you weird looks, and some people start, like, inching away from you. No one takes you up on your offer. Tell me, Innkeeper, what's your name? <laughs> I'm Grung. Grung Grogmug. Ah. Well? Most people just call me Grogmug. Uh, I'll take a Grogmug, if you don't mind. 
Um, but still, my offer stands, and I'm willing to increase it if anyone's more than willing to chat. I, I, I'll be honest, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, no, no idea what's up, but if you'd like to buy a beverage or a bit of food, I, I'd happily give one to you. You've heard nothing? Not even the fact that you might be... Well, the, the, I mean, I mean, back when there was this one of the families who, you know, they had a Malgamir who was the head of the family. I mean, we, we know that, but they were traitors to the... Ah, uh, the new rulers. And so they had to be done away with. And he, like, kind of, like, blinks at you with a very deadpan expression on his face. That's odd. I've heard quite that they were noble and uh, kind leaders that are apparently cherished. No, no, no. Definitely traitors. Definitely traitors. No, I'd, uh, I'd heard something about Magomir coming up with a cause. And I'd always trusted him, hearing about his exploits and how kind and fair he was. I thought of joining up. I thought it sounded appealing. You know, with all the, the hot allays around here, it seems like everyone's at each other's throats and no one's willing to trust a drink anymore. I'd almost want to help make this place a more welcoming city again. Oh, no, no, no. That's, uh... No, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure I don't know what you're talking about. Alright then. Well, I'll have, you know, I'll have a grog, uh, a grog mug if you don't mind. Oh, yeah, well, we happen to have some grog in a mug coming right up. As a matter of fact, I'll take two. Absolutely. That'll be ten copper pieces. You count about the money, he brings you your drink, and at this point we're gonna... Wait, but before, before we jump real quick, I look over at the guy who gave me a stern look, and I tip my hat to him while I, uh, take a swig of this drink. Okay. After that, we jump over to Jet. What are you doing to insert yourself in this card game? Jet, Jet, Jet like, knows the etiquette of, of like, how, how this works. You know, he just, uh, goes over, you know, and, and asks whatever the, the code is to, like, get him to be dealed in. Okay, so you wait till the round is ending. They're shuffling the cards up again. You come up, you know, introduce yourself. You seem like maybe you know your way around a deck of cards just from the tattoos and the toughness. And they say, eh, all right, son, all right, son, here we go. You know what? Not everybody needs to be British. (laughs) (laughs) They could be Irish. Tell that to the British Empire and the colonization period. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, no, you know, no, no. We gotta get, no, this, this guy's gonna be like, yeah, all right, man. You know, we think we think you can play. Yeah, you think you can play, you can join us. All right, yeah, deal him in, deal him in. Okay, yeah, you know what? We'll do uh, seven cards, no trades. Let's see what you got, son. All ready, deal it up. Uh, they deal out the cards, and real quick, make a, just a straight-up D20 roll for me. Okay, you have a good hand. Alright. I know what everyone else's hands are, you do not. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's just, just, just gonna, pl- gonna play it cool. Um, just kind of uh, keep on his best poker face. Um, and then, you know, kind of throughout, throughout the game, he's gonna, he might uh, whisper to the people next to him. Um, 
you know, and say and say something like, you know, I heard, I heard that that, that uh, in the in the back alleys that Algamir has become 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 big. You hear about that? You know, I mention those sorts of things. Okay, I'm I'm gonna say that you say this in a low voice so that you know a few people around the table can hear you. Um, as you are, um, as you're playing this game throughout the course of the evening and dropping hints like that, you notice that one of the people from the bar kind of came over to you, and you recognize him as just being a little too clean cut for this place. Um, he doesn't say much. He plays cards very conservatively. Doesn't win a lot. Doesn't lose a lot. Uh, doesn't say much, but he seems to be listening to everyone's conversation. No one takes you up on that. But you do notice that some people were like, yeah, yeah, Malgamir. You know, I, I heard of Malgamir. There was some, something about that, you know, something something about that guy who was one of the old royal families. You know, I didn't I didn't pay much attention to the royals themselves, but he seemed all right. Yeah, yeah, Malgamir's been making, making quite, a, quite a stir. He's been, uh, made some con- convincing things to say, you know? I think he might be starting to, to, to lead lead some people around, start starting some business, you know? Yeah, I, I you know what, may I, I, And then, uh, the guy you were talking to clams up as this other guy approaches the table, uh, and he sits down to play, and he, he just stops talking about it entirely. And they just, they talk about the cards, they talk about the work that day, but they don't... They start talking less when this guy comes over the table. He doesn't stay all night. He uh, he just kind of goes over, plays maybe four or five hands, wins a little bit of money, and then goes back to the bar, potentially to spend his winnings. All right, jumping over to Runel. What does this look like over here? Um, so how many people are sitting around, like, just enjoying this music? Is there anyone who's, like, actively just sitting enjoying it, or is it just kind of, like background music there's um there's actually like two couples that are like dancing a little bit of a jig on the floor and there's like you know maybe maybe six or seven people who are kind of tapping their feet and clapping along at the tables in the middle of the the tavern at at the tables like kind of around the edge of the corner where the dancing is happening all right runal really wants to sell so i i think we um, between the three of us, like one of us seems to have taken the approach of hyping him up as like a troublemaker leader, and one is just a um, just somebody to notice. Uh, Runel is going to go on the opposite end of that spectrum and hype him up as somebody to follow. Um, okay. And he's going to sing a song. Uh Okay. Would you like me to sing this song? <laughs> Actually, want to sing? Oh, for the love of all that is holy, please sing this. <laughs> Malgamir, oh Malgamir, oh how I wish that you were here. You're great, you're wise, and you've lovely eyes, and you expose those haughty lies. You lead the band of folks ready to fight the fight and take out the hotly blokes who all wet the bed at night I sing the song of Malgamir the leader of the brave uprising he'll take out all those hotlys which is everything but surprising oh my gosh <laughs> that was so well done holy cow was that on the spot dang oh my gosh the rhyming skill whoo 
That was whew, <laughs> mic drop. I gotta say, Ben, thank you for picking Runel third. <laughs> oh my god! Well done. Wow. Well Whew. done. Oh, I forgot to say he he stands on the table halfway through. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, so people don't know how to respond to your song. Some people look like they want to start clapping, but then like catch themselves and and stop. Uh, you basically just hear a cacophony of applause, a cacophony of coughing. (laughs) People want to laugh, like especially at some of those lines. They want to just have a good deep laugh at that. And they're like, <laughs> um, Runel then makes an announcement. I just want to say I've never met this Malcomir. I only just learned the song yesterday, uh, but it's got a great beat, and I just wanted to share it all with you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the the flautist gives you a nod. Uh, can I just say that like after this, no one else is coughing, but I'm totally laughing in the corner. <laughs> like at the bar, I'm just like. I try to stifle it a bit, but I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And Runo, Runo sees this and gives you a look like, "Don't you dare bring this up ever again." <laughs> at the at the very end, then Jet Jet will just kind of, uh, speak up and go like, "Yeah, Malgamir." All right, there we go. Uh, I'm assuming you're pretending you had more drinks than you've had. Oh yeah, I I thought that was clear. I was definitely trying to. Um, to come across as a more than more than slightly inebriated fellow, who I believe are the only people who ever do karaoke. So, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, you have now definitely dropped some Malgamir hints. How are we going to make a scene, Runel? You've already started this scene. All eyes are on you right now. Um, I go over to Jet and just, uh, I whisper, uh, I'm going to slug that person at the bar for spill. I'm going to knock into him, get him to spill a drink on me, and then I'm going to slug him as an offense. See if we can start a bar fight and get out of the chaos. How do you feel about that? I'm in on this. Just you give the signal and I'll start whacking people. I'll tip my hat. All right. Darren, who are you punching first? Uh, the guy at the bar who looked at me funny and then went over to the card table. <laughs> okay, so you're just gonna straight up punch out the spy? Yes. <laughs> That's a man. Um, it'll, it'll also give because I thought about that. I, I have some decent intelligence, but I thought about that. Like, it'll give. Um, I'm hoping it'll give some of the the the, the in patrons um, kind of a know that we're not stupid. Uh, we're not stupid. Like, we've got a plan, and uh, we're going to. Um, like we're aware that the spies are after us, so kind of giving the, the the people in the tavern like a little bit of like we're in the know, we're not stupid. That's fair. They do if they're actually involved in the resistance, they do kind of know about the plan. But then also like again, they lot they they said they were they were tipping the spies off that this was a resistance place, not necessarily that it was that it is. So okay. I'm assuming that some people in here aren't actually for the resistance. So I'm trying to give them a bit of like a hey. We're not idiots. As much as we look like it. <laughs> okay, that's fair. This is this is a thing. Okay. So yeah, there we go. Make your move. I saunter up to the dude. Uh is he like kinda getting up 
at the at the reaction of this of this uh he he is like staring down very intently into his drink right now not looking around uh no so i i i go over to him and i just go were you uh laughing at that song there kind of tried to act a little belligerent and acting kind of out of character you find that funny Oh no, not at all. Oh, no, I didn't find that funny. He's looking up at you like clearly a little terrified. Like he's he's not a fighter. Man, I just thought, oh man, you must really hate those Odelay people. You found that song hilarious. Uh, yeah, funny, funny, funny. Yeah, that's that's right, funny. <laughs> yeah, no one else was laughing. You you did you kind of laugh you. I know, no, no, you, I, no, sorry, I'm not disagreeing with you, I'm not disagreeing with you. Seems like you are. Uh, and then I'm just like, alright. <laughs> this guy seems like he hate. uh, I kind of like put on a, almost a bit of an accent. This guy seems like he dislikes the Hodelay family. Anyone here, uh, care to disagree with him about that? People don't know what to make of that. There's like, yeah, everyone's, everyone's just like, you're, you're getting louder and louder as you say this. And they're kind of like, eyes are on you for a minute. And no one says a thing. I just say, all right, you got to be taught a lesson. Kind of still putting on a, a stupid accent. And I hurl him down the bar, making sure he slides across it. He smashes into several mugs on the way. <laughs> the second that yeah, that I see him do this, I'm going to, I'm going to, then Jed is going to yell, fight, fight, is it? And then smack the guy nearest right across the face. Jet, question. Real, real quick, in, in a side bet, there's a large pile of money. There's a decent pile of money in front of you. You had a good hand, and you've had good hands for a while. There's there's piles of money around the table and things like that. Are you doing anything with those piles of money, or do you just start wailing? Well, I'm gonna punch. I'm gonna punch the guy first before I, before I do that. Okay, all right. You punch. You sucker punch him. He doesn't even like just make an attack roll. Uh, he's he's not ready for this at all. Okay. Oh, that's good. Uh, uh bar brains not working. Nineteen. Uh, yeah, you you thwap him upside the head, but good. You don't knock him out. You're not trying to like damage anybody or give anyone a concussion. But you thwap him upside the head. His ear is ringing. He kind of keels over out of his chair, and like everyone at the table stands up. And their first instinct, uh, aside from the pile in front of you, they all grab their money and <laughs> shove it in their pockets. Um. And start like clutching at the money in the center of the table. They're like, "All right, there's a fight going on, but I'm not coming away poorer than when I came in." So, the fight has started. Runel, what are you doing? Runel is. <clears throat> Runel is. I have a question for you, Ben. Yeah, what's up? Actually, no, I don't have a question for you, Ben. I'm gonna tell you what I want to do, and I'm just gonna tell you that I do it. And if that's not gonna work. Tell me to back up. Okay. Runel is going to cast Prestidigitation and make... So he's still standing on the table. Right. Runel's going to cast Prestidigitation to make it appear that he is just projectile vomiting (laughs) across the table. Okay. And then once he's done that, he looks super embarrassed yells vive la resistance for Malgamir and then runs out of the bar <laughs> yeah you do that 
Yeah, I do that. You, you don't even need to roll for that. Well, it's because it's you a cantrip. The... <laughs> yeah, no. Make, make me a dexterity save. Make me a... Do me a favor. Make me an acrobatics check. Did you say acrobatics? Did you mean history check? Acrobatics check. Okay. That is a 13. You managed to not fall on your face getting down off the table. I know you weren't actually inebriated, but you also managed to get down off the table without injuring yourself. You make your way out of the door of the tavern and you activate your school of disguise self. Correct. There is now, people aren't quite sure what to do, but some folks were itching for a fight and they threw themselves into it. There's five or six scuffles going on throughout the bar right now. That's kind of what I figured was gonna happen and I wanted to get out of there before that happened. Perfect. Jet, two of these guys start coming after you real quick. What do you do? Um, Jet is going to uh, pull out a um, one of the, the small cleavers that he has in his pocket, uh, like a meat, a meat cleaver, um, hand axe, um, and then chuck it, like, chuck at one of the guys just to, like, to, to, to nick him real quick, and then he's get, and then he get a bolt for the door, if he can. Cool. Uh, do me a favor, make a range attack roll. Okay. I think I add dexterity to it. No, I'm throwing it, so it's strength. Yes. Um, I believe. Um, it's, that, not a, it's not like a bow or something. It's... No, it's not like a bow or something, but it's also like throwing a dagger is also dexterity. Is this a large cleaver or a small It's a hand axe, so it's a... Throw, it's, you can throw it. Okay, so that, I think that is a dexterity. If you're throwing, like, a, a battle axe, that's a strength check. Yeah, hand axe is a dex. Well, I'll go with it either way. But, um, whatever you say. I mean, I'm, I think I'm proficient, proficient with it, so that's... Security plus proficiency would be 13. Okay. Uh, you actually miss his ear, but you just drew a weapon in a fist fight, and they back off from you for a minute, thinking, whoa, <laughs> this guy's really committing to this, and that gives you a chance to work your way out of the door. Darren, <laughs> you just laid this guy out. He went down. It's just... He's not a strong guy. You're a minotaur. I'm not even making you roll for this. You just sucker punched him. He didn't get completely knocked out, but he did go sprawling on the and floor. And across the bar, you know. And you met... Oh, yeah, sorry, that's right. You did throw him down the bar, smashing his face into the tankards along the way, and someone upset about their tankards spilling, like, kind of punches him so he falls behind the bar, and the bartender's like, Ah! Ah! Oh, what's it, where's that voice again? The bartender's like, Oh, no fighting, no fighting, no fighting. Oh, no, 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 not again. And that is what you hear as you stride boldly and calmly out the door. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna have a whole thing of literally like doing a, an angry like uh, snort like a bull, start scuffing my foot against the floor and charge out the door. Right after those two left. No one is no one is messing with you. No one is messing with you. You walk out the door and people give you a walk. <laughs> Gosh. You're out of the door, you activate your spells of disguise self again. Malcolmus emerges from the shadow, says, Wow, oh, sounds like that was a good time in there. 
and he leads you back to the hideout. And that is where we are going to end this episode. And we are going to pick up with the next stage of the plan in the next episode. Thank you, as always, to my excellent players, our excellent listeners, and my excellent wife who lets me play Dungeons & Dragons as a hobby. Thank you. Thank you also to Kevin McLeod for the excellent music that I was able to download. The following tracks were used with the permission of a free license through Incompetech Film Music. All music was composed by Kevin McLeod. Here are the titles in order of appearance. Attack of the Mole Men, Sneaky Snitch, Crowdhammer, Pippin the Hunchback, Run Amok, and Attack of the Mole Men. Thanks again to Kevin McLeod and Incompetech Music.